Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Unwinding. How are we doing? I am finally not hungover and it's Wednesday. Okay, that is, is that just what 29 is going to be like that I have three day fucking hangovers? Because if so, I mean, I'm not really going to do anything about it. I was going to say I'm going to stop drinking, but like we all know that's just not going to happen. So hello, it's Wednesday, March 2nd. Happy March. Happy Thursday, because you're listening to this on Thursday. But you know what? I was thinking the other day, I was like, fuck, dude, I wish I would like, I could just like sit and like bang out a ton of episodes and just like have them edited so that I always just like, I don't know, kind of like to get ahead in a way. You know what I mean? Like with my schedule. But I don't like that because even if the episode itself is recorded, obviously like a while back, like this episode was recorded um, like two weeks ago, I think. I can't, the intros for me have to be real time. Like this is as real time as I can do, which is a literally like, you know, 12 hours before it's going to go live because I want to like update you on how I'm feeling that this, this very moment, you know what I mean? Like I just, I, I don't think I could ever do that. So anyway, what was the point of that? I don't know. Um, hello. I was really hungover for three days. Like I just said, I had a really fun fucking weekend, but I also just drank way too much. Um, so Thursday I went on a second date and it was a six hour long date, which is really fucking long, but it was really fun. And I had like five Moscow mules, which is my favorite fucking drink right now. I can't get enough. I love it so much. I love it so much. And when I make them in my house, I use like light ginger beer, which honestly tastes the same to me. It tastes the same as the normal one. And it has like like half the calories I think so the whole drink ends up being like a very nice low cal friendly drink right because my big thing is like I don't want to just drink all my calories away I'd rather eat them I know that's not like a healthy mentality but like I really would like I just I fucking love food so I'd rather eat a bucket of french fries than like drink three Cosmos you know what I mean like I'd rather have the bucket of french fries and then have like three vodka sodas even though I'm just I think I overdid it with the vodka sodas, to be honest with you, because I can't even look at one. I can't even fucking look at one. So that's why I ended up on this Moscow Mule train, because I tried one one day, and I was like, holy fuck, this is so good and refreshing and, like, delicious. And, like, you don't even... That's that's where they get you, though, because you don't even realize... You don't even realize until you've had five and you stand up, and then you're shit-faced, you know? You know what I mean? So anyway, um, when I make them in my house, I make them with like light ginger beer, like I was saying, and they're so good. But when I go out, I know they don't use the light ginger beer, you know, which I understand. But sometimes I wish they would because then I wouldn't feel so guilty, which like I know I shouldn't feel guilty because I'm living my life and having a great time. But I just that's my thing, dude, is like I'm not going to have one drink. I'm going to have six, you know. (sighs) Anyway, I had a great time on Thursday. I had a great time on my date. Um, 
and yeah that's that so that friday i was honestly hungover like i didn't want to accept it i really didn't because i was like no 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 no. it was like a school night you know like i went out on i went out on a school night but i was hungover on friday and was not productive and um the only thing that made me feel better was getting a large diet coke from mcdonald's which honestly like just makes it just makes life better life better you know so that was Friday, and then Friday night, I also went out, but like not crazily. I had just one, I think I had two drinks. I had two Moscow mules, had a very nice chill evening. And then um, Saturday, I went to my first ever soccer game. I went to an Inter Miami game, which is David Beckham's um, soccer team here in Miami. I had the time of my fucking life, okay? I haven't had so much fun holy shit it was so fun so the stadium is a little bit far from me it's a little bit past the fort lauderdale airport which is like i don't know maybe an hour away and so yeah i went to the game had so much fun drank like four glasses of white wine but like small glasses they weren't big okay they were small and the reason why i drank white wine was because it was either that or beer or red wine and i don't fuck with beer or red wine and i actually love white wine but yeah, so we started there and then came back to my house. I got ready and then went out on Saturday night. And I got home at five in the morning on Sunday, which is just, you know, I mean, signs of a great fucking night because it was so fun. But also, like, I have no business being out that late. <laughs> like, I have no business being out that late because then it ruins, like, my next three fucking days. Like, if I would have gone home at, like, two, I would have been fine, I think, yesterday. But the fact that Monday and Tuesday, I still felt sad. And I feel sad because when I drink, I get sad because alcohol is a depressant and it just like really fucks with me. And I was really tired and I think I'm still getting over, not getting over COVID, but like you could probably still hear it in my voice. Like I, I still don't sound like myself. I still feel, I still sound a little bit more congested than normal. And I'm also really fucking tired. And I know I think it's like just residue from COVID. So anyway, that was my weekend and I had a really, really, really fun weekend, and I was talking to my friend Rachel about this yesterday, Um, she's actually my trainer, because I've been, or we just, like, I just started going back to the gym, and I was telling her, like, it's so hard, right, because I feel like I'm in this season of my life where I'm, like, so enjoying being really, really fucking social, and like so enjoying saying yes to basically everything, and I'm not always in a season like this, right, so it's, like, It's like I don't want to give that up, but then I also don't want to feel like shit for two days because I honestly, like, I I can't afford to do that. Like, I don't want to do that. I have a lot of things going on, a lot of projects going on, a lot of commitments, and it's like, I'm not, I can't do that. You know what I mean? So it's like, obviously, I know what you're going to tell me. Don't go out till 5 a.m. Normally, I don't stay out that late, but I'm just saying in general. It's like, I, I feel like for a lot of, of my 20s, And I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record by bringing this up so often, but it's like I feel like so many of my 20s, I had these seasons where, you know, in in anyone else's eyes, I should have been like, not should have because, you know, I don't want to should myself. I can do whatever I want and it doesn't matter the age. But I think I was in seasons where, you know, fuck, like looking back, I'm like, I wish I, I was more social. I wish I said yes to more things, but I was also just navigating a lot and dealing with a lot. And I think that's why right now like I don't want to 
stop myself if I do want to do things and be really, really social and, and say yes to everything because I feel like I've worked so hard to get here in the sense of like, I've worked so hard on myself, which I'm still a mess. I'm still a fucking mess and I'm still a work in progress, obviously, but I feel like I've worked so hard on myself to get to this point where I can navigate like my social anxiety, where I do have more confidence to like go and do a ton of things that I want to do. You know what I mean? Where it's like where I am in a good emotional headspace to like be doing all these things. So I feel like I've worked so hard to get to a place like where I am now. So now I just have to find like a happy medium where I'm not like going out three nights a week because that really does fuck with me. And like when I don't sleep, I can't function. I'm like a baby, a baby, truly. I also don't have to be staying out until 5 a.m. And I totally know that. And that doesn't usually happen. But anyway, I think more than just going out and stuff it's like the guilt that sometimes is still attached to that and that is just something that I think I will have to work on for a very long time because unfortunately just because of how my mind was before I still have I still struggle with attaching shame and guilt to food and drinking right when it's like when I deviate from my normal routine or when I do something that I don't normally do or when I do a little bit too much of something for example there's just so much guilt and then that makes me feel bad and then it throws me off and then blah 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 blah. it's like a cycle right so if it's not that I'm tired and hungover it's that I feel guilty and I don't want any of these things to like exist and I know that just because of like I know I know it will I know it's something that I have to work on and I know I have to just like, you know, be nicer to myself and be more compassionate and also maybe not go out three nights in a row and the third one stay out till 5 a.m. I totally understand that. But anyway, my point here is just like, you know, when people say like balance, like I fucking don't know what that means. Like I really don't because... I just feel like we have different I don't like I don't like it when people talk about balance like I understand what they're saying maybe I don't like it because I feel like I can never achieve it but it's more so just like I think we have different seasons of our life right we have different seasons of life where in some seasons we are doing a little bit more of one thing than the other or maybe we don't want to do something um, and we want to do something else or we do a little bit of both or whatever I think that's more what I feel is that I have experienced so many different seasons of my life and truly so many where I like did not want to go out and do anything and when I say go out I don't mean go out and get drunk I was usually always down for that I I even just mean like I don't know going to meet new people or going on a date or going for drinks or just hanging out like I didn't want to do that like I'd rather I, I I'd much rather just like stay home alone and like work Like, I didn't have FOMO. Now I have fucking FOMO. You know what I mean? And now it's like, I can't wait to, like, go in and and do all these things. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe in a month I won't feel like this. I don't know. I'm just riding it, riding the wave. And also, I'm just trying to truly, I don't want to attach guilt and shame to, like, fun parts of my life. I don't want to do that, you know? So trying to just, like find a fucking happy medium and have a lot of compassion with myself and also just like I'm just trying to fucking live it up and live my life because honestly honestly life is so precious and I feel like I I'm really proud of myself for just like working so much on myself again I'm still a disaster just like disclaiming I'm still a disaster but 
I really feel like I've worked so much and so hard on myself that now I'm like I want to like enjoy these good feelings you know so anyway I just went on a fucking like spiel about that I'm sorry but that's it that's where we're at right now so I'm so excited about this episode I just posted about it on my story and I said you know I know I am like aligned with somebody and I know that I vibe with somebody and I know that I feel comfortable with somebody when I have a whole conversation with them and I don't have to cut out one thing and not even just like a gap like not even like a a gap of silence or anything I, I really I didn't have to do anything to this episode and it's just because we I oh my god I didn't even introduce who we have on the on the podcast today but we have a Ross Day who is on Instagram at as um, her helpful and everything will be linked if you guys don't follow her you have to you have to she is one of my favorite fucking follows I adore her content and I love I mean you guys will hear her in this conversation and you're gonna fall in love with her as well I just I think she is so genuine and has so much depth and so much meaning in what she shares and how she shares it um and she's really fucking smart and I just I love I love 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 following her and I loved this conversation I could have kept going for fucking hours and just listening to it again I was like oh wow like so many reminders in here that I need all the time you know so yeah I'm just so excited for you guys to listen to it I can't wait to hear what you think make sure to give her some love follow her she also has a podcast and she's just like I mean if you're gonna consume somebody's content every day I really recommend hers because it's just very real and very uplifting and I love that so I hope you guys enjoy let me know what you think and I hope you guys are having a beautiful day week weekend have a beautiful weekend hopefully I won't be hung over this weekend but you know we'll see we'll see what happens okay love you guys and I'll see you next week okay I'm so excited welcome I'm so happy to have you I'm so excited before we get into everything, I would love to hear just like a little bit about you because I know you're in grad school and I would love to know like where you want to go with that and what you want to do and like why psychology because you're studying psychology, right? Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, sure. So hi, I'm Araste. I live in Toronto, Canada right now and I'm 26. Um, like Lisa mentioned, I'm in grad school. I'm getting my PhD in psychology and it wasn't always the plan to do that. Like at first when I started my undergrad, I actually wanted to go into med school. Like I'm saying like with air quotes here because, you know, my parents wanted me to go to med school. It wasn't like actually my plan. Um, And then I did like first year sciences and it was just like so hard and it was so brutal. And I'm like, I cannot do this for another what, like six, seven years if I hate it. Yeah. Um, And I always love psychology. Like I think it's one of those subjects that I find it hard when people don't like it. I'm like, it's literally like learning about yourself. I mean, what's there not to like? I understand if you don't like physics or something because that's so um, specific and, you know, not really applicable to you. But I think psychology, whether you're introspective or not, it can tell you not only about yourself, but like your relationships, maybe your past traumas. Yeah, there's so many things. And I was having a conversation actually yesterday with somebody I met on Instagram too, and she's doing a minor in psychology. And we were both just talking about how we, like, you keep relearning the same concepts in classes, especially in undergrad. So then eventually you're like, okay, like, I know this, like, the back of my hand. 
But then I realized there's so many of my friends who don't know these concepts. And I'm just like, you don't know what self-fulfilling prophecy is? Like what? And it's just like, to me, it seems so second nature. And it there are a lot of these things where I'm like, everybody should know these because you can just learn so much about it. Um, so yeah, I knew I wanted to do like further education because I just love learning. It's just one of the things about me that I've always not loved school, but loved like if it was a subject that I actually wanted to study. Like, I didn't love math. Like I didn't love the things that you were forced to take. And I'm sure, you know, it was useful in some way or another, even though I do not care about like half of the theorems and stuff we've learned. I always but, say this, but I'm like, why did no one teach me how to love myself, but you thought I really needed to know the Pythagorean theorem? Like literally. where in the actual fuck have I ever been like, oh, wow, that was so useful from ninth grade. Like, Or like just teach me how to do my taxes. My like, taxes. That a math course. Yeah. That's still math. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. So yeah, there's obviously things we've all had to take. Um, but yeah, psychology has always been like interesting to me. And then I took a gap year after graduating undergrad because to apply in undergrad is a full course of its own. It's just so much. And you have to really be like, you have to write a letter, you have to do all this stuff. And it's just a lot. So I'm like, honest. Sorry to ahead. interrupt you. I, so I warned her that I interrupted. Like, <laughs> I was in college and I was studying marketing business, um, my major was like strategic communications, but it was kind of like a little bit of all of that. And I was so scared the last year because like you, I was like, I'm really good at school. Like I, I like I love it. Like I love mm-hmm. the routine of it. I loved having homework. I loved like getting my shit done. I like, I, like, I don't know. I, I loved college. Like I fucking thrived in college and I didn't want it to end. And I was so scared that last year where I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I really didn't know what I wanted, wanted, like I had an idea, but that's a whole other story. So I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. Like that was mm-hmm. my like thing in my head. I'm like, I'm going to go to grad school and I'm just going to go to grad school right now. Mm-hmm. And so the last, my senior year, I started applying to grad school and I had to take the GMAT and the GRE and I had to do the letters and yep, it was I like, take the GRE. oh my God. Like I, I know go. I was also overloading on courses because after high school I had a gap year because um, mm. my dad got sick and so I like had a gap year so I was already behind in college I'm using air quotes because like yeah. I wish in retrospect I was not fucking behind but I was so yeah. you know I, I I couldn't accept the fact that the people that I had graduated with were already about to be graduating and I was still in college like to me that mm-hmm. was like I was failing in a way and mm-hmm. so I started I overloaded every semester I took summer classes just to like catch up and so my last year of uh, my senior year, I was overloading. I was going to GRE uh, workshop like classes. I was stu- taking that fucking test, dude. Oh my god! Also, it I, was I I've, awful. I know, yes, but I don't think I've ever been smarter than that <laughs> those months of my life because mm-hmm. it just makes you think in such a way. And I was just so I don't know. I loved my brain during that point, but basically, I just wanted to say. I hear you. And I didn't even end up going to grad school. Like I did all mm-hmm. of that. I took the GRE. I did, I did all the applications. I did the letters. I did everything. And then when I graduated, I was like, I need a second. Like I mm-hmm. can't like just throw myself back into that whole other story. But I just wanted to say like, I feel you. Yeah, for sure. And I, I fully remember the GRE being like this, I don't know, four hour, five hour exam. You get like some breaks, but 
the yeah. questions, it, it wasn't like testing you on psychology. It's, it's no. a exam that people across different grad school paths take. Yeah. And it's like, like reading comprehension, like these riddles and it's just weird. So yeah, I remember that was tough, but you see your mark right away. And then when I saw it and it was like, good, I was like, okay, we're good. We're good yeah. here. Um, so yeah, now I'm in my second last year of my PhD. Okay. So I'm going to be doctor soon, which is crazy. Nice. Um, and you're yeah, so young. I know it's really crazy, but like, I'm not fully like I don't have a full drawn out path of what I want to do after, okay. which is kind of like nervy because it's like, A, I can't call myself student anymore, which is the best thing to just fall to when you're when people ask you, what do you do? I'm a student. Conversation yeah, over. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so like one path you can go into is like academia. You can become a professor. You can teach. You can run your own lab, have your own research. Um based on what you really love to study it's pretty much like you're creating knowledge and at the same time you have like you're a mentor to students so right right now I have an advisor she's a prof she runs a lab and I'm one of her grad students Mm -hmm. so you apply to an advisor more so than you apply to the school just based on what their research interests are um and I study like emotions emotion regulation how we deal with stress all of these things that we go through every single day so it's definitely very fascinating, but I'm not like, I can't fully see myself as like a 24 seven researcher mm-hmm. just because I have, I have a more creative side to me that I think I've pursued through Instagram. Yeah. Um, and it's very different parts of my brain and I love having a balance of both, but at the same time, I feel like I don't have enough hours in the day because both of them are kind of turning into like a full-time job. So I have pretty much two full-time jobs now and then on top of that you have to like I don't know keep up with social things live enough sleep you have to live basically literally you have to do all these things and people always ask me like how do I balance stuff and I'm like I don't like I take it day by day and I am not gonna be out here saying I have like my shit together and whatever like I struggle I definitely struggle with balancing stuff but at the end of the day I don't know, just like those little habits at the beginning of a week, like planning your week or I don't know, doing that five minute meditation in the morning, just like those little things that help my mental health, mm-hmm. then give me more bandwidth to, you know, take on that work throughout the day. Absolutely. And yeah, I'm like really huge on mental health, obviously being in psych. Yeah. So yeah, you can go into academic world or you can go into non-academic and be like a consultant. Um, you can you never go into be like jobs, a, like- just like a psychologist, like... Or is that not at all? Like for honestly, for so for my, I don't even know. No, no, no. It's not like a dumb question. So for my program, it's in social psychology. Okay. And like for like becoming like a clinician, it's called clinical psychology. Right. So it's like two like totally different programs. There's so Um, many like facets of it. There's literally so many. Yeah. I've like I've had to learn a lot because of my own experience, like I started seeing a psychologist and I needed a psychiatrist, but also I have a huge, like, I had to learn a lot about mental health because mm-hmm. of my sister. I have an older sister who I'm not going to get into this story because it's depressing. And like people have heard it on the podcast. I've, I've actually just recently started talking about it just because mm-hmm. it's a heavy part of my life, but it's a very real part of my life where um, she is mentally ill and that actually started happening my senior year of college. So like on top of all that shit, we were trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with her because 
as you know, one of the most frustrating parts about mental health is that, you know, it's not like you go to a doctor and they run some blood tests and they're like, oh, you have diabetes. Here you go. Like, it doesn't work like that. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't fucking work like that. It's so chemical and it's so much more layered than that. And so it took years of 500 different doctors in the States. She was living in Atlanta at the time there. And then we brought her back to Costa Rica because she was just unwell, literally unwell Mm -hmm. and was probably going to end up not alive if we didn't do that. And years of trying to get an answer of like, what is the problem? Right. Like what, and sometimes there's not one answer and sometimes it changes. Um, And sometimes like you feel like, what am I doing wrong? You know, and that only makes it more difficult. I never felt that with her because, but I know what you mean. Cause I know that's like such a real thing of like the blame maybe as Mm -hmm. a parent, it maybe as a, I'm sure my mom has probably felt that for sure, but I never felt that just because like, I knew my whole life that though she was my older sister, I was like the older sister. Like I was never, I don't, I don't feel like I have an older, like it's really like, it's sad. Like, I don't feel like I have like a sibling. Like I feel like I was always the one, like she basically taught me what not to do when I was growing Mm -hmm. up. And um, anyway, that's a long story, but I had to learn so much about this shit and learn so many, so much about mental health and different illnesses and, and what they actually mean and how so many can coexist at once. And, and yeah, it just, it like, it fascinates me, honestly. You like learned it firsthand because it's one thing to read about in a textbook and like yeah. read like, this is the diagnostic criteria in the DSM, but exactly. then to witness it, it's like a totally different reality. Exactly. It, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So right now I'm just like, I think my advisor even told me that she's like, during your last few years, you kind of go through like an existential crisis where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? But I don't know, for me, it's so weird because I'm like in this, but I'm also on social media. I never expected my social media to grow or like, you know, monetize it at all. So I am, I don't know. I mean, like half the time I feel like a blend between the two, like psychology and I don't know, anything wellness related. Like it's so intertwined that there's a career that I would love to just like I don't know, make up or like make for my own because I think you're building your own career. Like I think, I think it's so cool actually that you're like, well, I didn't know this was going to pop off, but it is. And then I'm also learning so much about this. And this is what I have like an academic background in and I love it, but like somehow both of them are merging. So it's like, I think you're in the best fucking position. Like, that's so cool. Like, that's so cool that you have (laughs) two things that you love that are kind of building each other up in a way. Exactly, exactly. And I find that like when I was, I guess, younger, so I'm like pretty introverted. Um, Mm -hmm. I like lean more towards that. But I feel like now maybe it was my social media page that helped with this, but I'm like, I speak up more and I'm like, you know, more vocal about things. And I feel kind of a more entrepreneurial call. Mm -hmm. And I never really felt like that before. But now the idea of working for somebody else, I'm just like, I, I haven't ever that. had to have like a job. Like I've been a student forever and I've only yeah. had part-time gigs here and there. Yeah. So I've all my friends, nine to five jobs, all of these like, you know, salary based things. And mm-hmm. I'm, I like that there's a stability there, but I'm also just like, I don't know if that structure or that kind of, I don't know, daily life would work with me. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of creating. And like, that's why I think I was, called to grad school because I'm creating knowledge. And then that's why I was called to 
social media because I'm like creating content that could help people. Absolutely. So both I of those. Think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I keep saying like, I've been saying this on the, on the, my podcast recently. I keep saying like the things that you feel called to do, assuming they're like nice and healthy things, obviously, if like I have to like disclaim that, but I feel like the things that you feel called to do or the things that you're like, Oh, like kind of like that are interesting to you. Like, I don't think those things are a coincidence mm-hmm. at all. Sometimes we don't pay attention to them enough. And I also think with the the landscape of social media, I think now we glorify entrepreneurship, which is so fucking cool, but I think it's glorified to a point where some people take, like they're missing the point. I think some people Mm -hmm. are glorifying it so much where it's like, quit your job, move to Bali, work from a fucking palm tree, do this, do that. Like never make six figures on the beach. Like that's great. Like if you want to do that, pop the fuck off on your palm tree. Like that's amazing. But then I saw this TikTok the other day and I loved it. And it was this girl and she was like, can you let me live my nine to five job in, in peace and happiness? Yeah. Like, what if I want to sure. do that? What if I no, if you want to do that, like I'm jealous yeah. of you, like that you can thrive. Like if you're thriving, exactly. then that's fine. And yeah. also like if you do quit, you're not going to be under a palm tree the next day. Like that takes years. Yeah. It's just also, like the like, people I, who ended up there. I work for myself, but I, I did have a job, but I quit because I was like, I know what I want to do. And I want to give myself the shot of like figuring Going all in. Out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now like, I just, I know for a fucking fact, I don't want to be, I don't want to have a boss. Like I want to be my own boss. Yeah. But I also don't want to go to Bali and work from the beach. Like, that's just not what I want yeah. to do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want stability while also being able to call the shots. And that's a really hard thing, right? And that's, like, what we're working towards. But I think what I was trying to, like, say is, like, it's – none of them are right or wrong. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I actually love – like like you said, I have so many of my friends that have nine-to-fives. And I love it for them, and they love it. And they love the routine of it, and they love the stability of it. And yeah, there's things about it that they don't love. Well, I have things about my job that I don't love. Any job will have something you don't like about it. Exactly. So I think it's more so just like what feels authentic to you? What are you actually called to do? And what is going to make you the most fulfilled? And I think something else that people don't realize is that answer can change. Like mm-hmm. I might wait, I'm the I'm the moodiest fucking bitch. In the sense, <laughs> in the sense, I'm very indecisive. Like I same. I change, I change my mind a lot. I don't know what I don't know why. No, literally like, same. Wait, what's your sign? I'm a Capricorn rising, Capricorn Sun, Scorpio Moon. Okay, I'm Sagittarius. So, but like half of my, half of my chart is in Capricorn. So I don't know. There's oh, okay. something about the indecision there. Like I'm so indecisive. It's actually right? bad. And it, it doesn't make sense because if you think about it, like logistically and on paper, Capricorns are so organized and smart and thought out. But I think it's like, I don't know. I think it's, I think we have so many ideas that we can't fucking like make up our minds. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, this works for me right now. Maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and say, you know what? I want to go back to having an, like, I don't know. And that's okay too. You know, like that's totally fine too. I wanted to ask you, I'm huge on like self-love, self-compassion, self-acceptance, whatever word works the best. Mm -hmm. And I've talked so much about my journey about that on my podcast. And I would love to hear about yours and like what that journey has looked like. Like, have you ever, I don't know, have you ever had to like, pick yourself up off the ground and been like, fuck, like I don't, there's, there's no compassion for myself right now. And I need to like 
work towards this or has it been a more steady thing? Like what's kind of been your journey with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I just wanted to make like one comment on what you said before also before I forget it, but like the fact that you can, you know, change something from day to day. I feel like people are so scared of that because they think there's like an age limit. Like, oh, oh I can't God, be yes. 32 and change my mind. Like yes. it's supposed to be the time for family. Like it's supposed like all these supposed to or these shoulds. It's like, where shitting. are you getting that from? Yeah, shitting is the worst. It's like- But it's dude. also very, um, I hate to get binary, but it's it's a very female thing. Like yeah. if, if a guy is 35 and changes his fucking mind and doesn't want to- be whatever anymore everyone's like oh my god yes go chad kill it but if if it's a girl if it's a woman it's like oh well what what, what about your family like yeah don't you want kids like don't you want to do this don't you want to do that like it makes my blood boil i, I know i know it's very it's unfair it's like just straight up unfair yeah. um but yeah i just wanted to mention that because there's no age limit to anything like i had people in their 40s in my undergrad class and i'm just like that's totally boss of you that. for realizing what you want to yeah. do or just like taking it for the sake of learning yeah um but yeah back to the self-love question um i feel like it's definitely very a very thrown around term that we see pretty much daily mm-hmm. on instagram um Part of it I love because it's promoting, you know, having a great relationship with yourself, which I think is the most relationship you could cultivate. It starts with you before, you know, um, focusing on your other relationships in your life. But then the other part of it is like, like toxic positivity, where it's like, wake up and just love yourself. Like, just, just smile, just love yourself, like, just accept everything that might make you insecure. And so I think there's two extremes of it where it's like, one end, you're just awful to yourself. You're like the worst critic. Everything is negative self-talk. And then the other end is, you know, loving yourself and like forcing yourself to say all these positive things without actually believing it, just doing it because somebody on Instagram told you, writing affirmations that you don't believe in at all, and just feeling guilty if you don't resonate with the stuff. Because I think when it's to that extreme and it's like toxic, it makes you feel worse and you don't want that. So yeah, my journey was like when I was probably in high school and like undergrad, I definitely had loads of negative self-talk and I was definitely my worst critic. It was just so natural for me to talk to myself in such a mean way that I don't even- What was it about? Like give me an example. Um, For me, so- like I said, I'm very introverted and I've had like social anxiety in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be like ruminating on like a weird, awkward encounter with somebody mm. or like like just being, right. I don't know, I shy at a party. It's just like those kind of like yeah. social things and overthinking Yeah. Um, and ruminating. And, you know, ruminating is like the worst thing you can do because it makes you relive the emotion, but to a more intense, like next level. Yeah. So yeah, things like that were like, you know, when you're growing up, you you realize all these things about your appearance you hate and for me it was that yeah yeah so it was a blend of like social things and appearance things um and yeah so that was kind of like the norm and I didn't I think when you're really in it you don't realize that you're actually being so critical you're just like this is normal like Mm -hmm. everything is fine and Mm -hmm. I think on one of my podcast episodes um I had a guest, her name is Noam. I don't know if you follow her, um, but she was saying how it's like so hard for us to accept compliments without being like, 
without giving some reasoning, like instead of saying thanks, like, like explanation, yeah, an explanation, like some yeah. more description, like, oh, like thanks, but you know, I whatever, like I was lucky, or right. I was given that by my mom, or just like something that's like explains it off, like I'm not that good, I don't deserve right. this compliment, right. So then she was like, oh, from now on, I'm trying to just say thanks Mm -hmm. because I don't want to like put down my, I just want to accept the compliment. So it's not only, you know, ingrained in yourself to put yourself down, but it's hard to receive praise from others. And it really bleeds into your relationships because when you're insecure, um, and this is all, it can go into like attachment theory. I don't know if you've heard of attachment styles. Yeah. Um, but if you need validation from others, then it's like exhausting for them and it's exhausting for your relationships. So yeah, I think pretty much up until, yeah, like undergrad, I was just mean to myself, like straight up, just very mean to myself. And, but I was also very closed off. So I don't think anybody knew that all of the things that were going in my head were like going on so yeah I'm I'm pretty closed off and like I keep things in me now I'm better because I journal so at least it's like not in my head and I try to talk to people I try to go (laughs) to therapy (laughs) exactly yeah so I try to do these things that like I think it's important to have an outlet because if it stays in your mind but like so what crazy like what shifted so honestly I think for me I don't think there was a moment where I'm like, "Mm, woke up, I need to be nice to myself. I think I go through waves. And I, when I um, admitted to myself, like, I'm not okay, like, I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling anxious. I think the awareness piece was the first was the first one, because just to acknowledge it was like, oh, maybe this isn't the way to you know, cultivate a relationship with myself. Yeah. Or live. Maybe it doesn't have to feel like this hard. So with that, then just came like a more openness to do the inner work because before you're just like, you're not acknowledging it. So you're closed off to even admitting that you want to improve or you want help or you need therapy or anything like that. So the first piece was just like awareness and acknowledgement. And I think it was just like, I was just at such a low where I was literally miserable every day and talking like so badly to yourself makes it worse it just does not help in any it's not motivating it's just gonna kick you when you're down so it's so wild that I I identified so much with what you said of sometimes you don't realize how bad it is until like I don't know somebody points it out or somebody says something or you or it really just clicks for whatever reason because you're in therapy or you're journaling or whatever I I won't tell you my whole life story because my life is such a long story but I was dealing with an eating disorder when I was I mean I had disordered eating for years and disordered Mm -hmm. eating patterns and a horrible relationship with food and exercise for years of my life, like in my 20s. Got really bad. Started when I was like 24, was really bad. And then up until I was 27, I just just turned 29 now. So Mm. I want to say 27. And I had a full on eating disorder for like a year of my life, but I didn't realize it was an eating disorder and I was in denial and da da da, whatever. And I was like, I work, I'm so weird. This is like the Capricorn in me, but I like sat down for a second and I was like, okay, if I can't stop. So I started to get scared when I couldn't stop doing the unhealthy behaviors Mm -hmm. that my eating disorder 
had. So yeah. that's what freaked me out where I was like, fuck, like, I feel like I'm almost like addicted to this. Like I can't like mm. not do it in one day. Like I can't go a day without doing it. And that's the moment when I was like, that's like a little alarming. Cause I'm not addicted to anything really aside from men and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. And so I said to myself, okay, if I can't, if I, if I reach this October, like it was like a full year. I was like, if I get to October and I'm still doing this, I'm going to get help. So I like mm-hmm. set this timeline for myself. I got to October. This was right before um, COVID. So 2019, mm-hmm. I still didn't do it. So I was like, okay, I need help. I'm finally going to get help. And like you, I didn't let anybody in on anything. I feel like a few people in my life could see there was something off and, you know, could definitely see. But again, I would isolate. I would hide a lot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do a lot of things because I didn't want people to see or notice anything weird. Right. Yeah. So then once I started going to therapy, I saw my therapist twice a week for the first like six months because it was really, really bad. Was this before COVID? I don't, I don't. Yeah, I think so. Anyway. So um, long story short, what I was trying to say here was I didn't realize like just how mean I was to myself. Obviously when you have an eating disorder, anybody who has one who has gotten help and has had professional help has, can realize like, it's never about the food. Like there's just so mm-hmm. much underlying there that it's, it's not about the food. We For make sure. food at enemy and we make food, the outlet and we make, we put all the blame on the food, but it's not about the food. And mm-hmm. so we started uncovering everything and we started really diving into the relationship that I had with myself and all, and, and the way that I would speak to myself, the way that I would think about myself. She was like, you are so mean to yourself. Like you are a damn sergeant with yourself. And, and I'm not like that with other people. Like, it's so crazy. Like I was an absolute bitch to myself and treated myself in ways that I would never speak to somebody, talk to somebody. And it like, it took that, it took years for me to realize like, wow, like the disrespect that I had Mm -hmm. with myself and how up until now, now I'm 29, like literally up until now, I finally feel like I'm finally my own friend. I'm finally like, you know, in this space of compassion, because I also think that's where people get it wrong. And that's where I got it wrong with self-love too. It's like, I think a reason why I hate like the self-love thing, even though I love self-love, I hate Mm -hmm. it everywhere is because people get it wrong. It's like self-love doesn't mean you love everything about yourself. Yeah. I don't fucking love everything about myself, but I'm aware of the things that I don't love. And I work on, on myself and I am compassionate with myself. And I know there's things about myself. I probably physically will never love. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it it gets to a point where you're just like, it is what it is. I'm going to be nice to myself anyway. You know? hundred percent. Yeah. I totally resonate with like, I didn't have like a full fledged like eating disorder, but I definitely went through like more like orthorexia, like being so overly healthy Yeah, where you're obsessed and it's Mm -hmm. like not healthy, not healthy at all. Um, so yeah, it's just like, like you mentioned before, you can have multiple things also happening. Like I had that like eating struggle, but also I was anxious. Like there's just these things that compound on each other. And I really think just like self-love should be called self-acceptance because the love connotation just means it's always going to be positive, yeah. always going to be, you know. a lot know, of pressure, I think. Yeah, um, it's a lot of pressure. And yeah. it's just 
not realistic, not attainable for a lot That's of people. That's why when I asked you, I'm like self-love, self-acceptance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I don't know which one works, yeah. but like, I know one of those will work hopefully. For sure. Yeah. What, like at the end of the day, it is just like semantics. Like we, we know what we're both talking about. Yeah. Um, but I just want to like make it clear to listeners, you don't have to wake up and love yourself every day because you're going to make yourself feel guilty if you don't. And for people who you see on social media who say they do, they're lying. (laughs) It's just not true. And we all have insecurities. And like you said, just the awareness piece is great. And if you want to add on tools that just like help you with that self-acceptance or the awareness, therapy, journaling, you know, talking to a friend, all of these great resources. Mm -hmm. And I love that you mentioned therapy too, because this isn't a quick fix. It takes years. No, it's it's, changed my life. But like, yeah, it's people think that, you know, people think you walk in there and you walk out of there with answers. And let me tell you, you end up with more questions. You walk in there, you do the 45 minute, 50 minute hour session. And then when you leave, that's when you work. That's the work because that's when you apply everything. And Mm -hmm. it is fucking hard, dude. It like, I mean, I'm on a little therapy break right now, not because I want to be, but um, I definitely will go back soon just because I, I mean, I'm a very anxious human and I just, I feel like I want therapy for the rest of my life. But I also yeah. got to a point where I was like, I got a little saturated. Right. I mean, imagine two, twice a week for months and months and months. That's a lot. I had a dietitian, not like putting me on a diet, if anything, the complete opposite. I had that yeah. once a week. So I was like, I was in this like, mental health bubble of like Mm -hmm. three sessions a week and I was just like okay like I need a second I I, and it was I mean more than months it was a year year probably of seeing my therapist every week and and I just or probably two years even and so now I'm at the point where I'm like I want to like apply the things that I've learned I want to like live a little bit I want to like use the tools and eventually you know obviously go back because I love it there's nothing like it (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so great. And I think you need all that time and like all those sessions because those beliefs you have about yourself are so hardwired that you need somebody over and over again to tell you that like from an objective, unbiased perspective, it's just not true. And these are some things you can do to, you know, convince yourself of that because these beliefs come from when we're like a child. So it's so hard to just like pull yourself away from that and realize that like, feelings aren't facts and these beliefs are not rooted in reality mm-hmm. your experience is just you know so um biased compared to how everyone else sees you and like you said before just think about like if you really struggle with self-talk just like pause for a second and be like would I ever say this to a friend and if the answer is no would you even say it to a stranger <laughs> like like cut out friends like strangers like we have common etiquette and kindness so and if the answer is no just question why you're saying it to yourself and why you're you know being so mean to yourself because we can be our worst critic for sure you mentioned being more introverted and not sharing as much like with people in your life and stuff and how do you navigate that now when it's when it's like uncomfortable feelings that you have i i struggle with that heavily where like I'm very outgoing, as you can tell, I can't shut up, but I'm also very, I'm like the most outgoing introvert you'll, you'll ever meet because <laughs> I 
love being by myself. People yeah. doing me. I charge up alone. I'm alone like 90% of the time. But I love being with people. You know what I mean? But yeah. my struggle is I don't ask for help when I need it. I don't like to tell people my pain points. I don't like to – I don't like – I just I just don't like to do it. But yeah. then I suffer. Because, yeah, social support is one of the, like, greatest tools we have. But mm-hmm. we – I don't know. Part of it I feel like is just fear of judgment. Just also, like, fear of I'm being a burden on you. Like, these aren't your problems. These are mine. I need to deal with them myself. Like, you have your own problems too. And – the older you get, the more you realize like life is so chaotic and we all have so much going on. Everybody's so, working. Everybody's like, even not this okay. podcast, we were like, does this work? And it's just like all of these life things come up. So <laughs> people are busy and you yeah. don't want to burden them. But I think one thing that helps is like pretend instead of just like word vomiting, because sometimes it happens, you've like put something in for so long and you haven't told anyone that you you need a release and then you know it happens and it can end in tears and somebody consoling you but instead of doing that try to pretend you're having the conversation with the person before seeing them like say it to yourself like say it out loud Mm. say it out loud or write it out as if you're like not scripting what you're gonna say but what do you actually want to say and what do you need help with I love that do you do that to like even th- even try to get an answer before you've even said it. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, like- it, it can help with that because sometimes you're just like, wait, that's what I'm struggling with? Like, like this solution is so easy. It's right there. Or if you write it down and like look at it like a few days later, say you haven't talked to the person, then you might have a fresh perspective. Because we go, we go to friends because we want another perspective. We're right. so in our minds that we can't think outside the box. My therapist, um, I've had her on my podcast twice. And she's like, we just have like the most special bond. Like, I I swear I got so fucking lucky because I know that not everybody meets their therapist and is like, oh, Mm -hmm. boom, this is it, you know? But we can take trial and error. Yeah. And we met and I was like, I swear, like, God put her in my life, like, when I needed her. Like, I, we have such a beautiful relationship. And I, like, I just got out of this, like, a situation with a guy and I literally text her the same day I'm like this motherfucker cheated on me like she's like no way like we talk like that like it's so obviously because we're not seeing each other professionally right now you know yeah yeah I had her on my podcast and she said this once did she say it on my podcast or she did a workshop it might have been on a workshop but she said she said something that is like an underrated tool that I would love uh she speaks a lot to women she's like I would love you guys to do this is if you are thinking about something or you're struggling with something, um, ask your future self how she would feel about that. Like talk to your future self about that. She's like, sometimes and often we, we know how we would feel about a situation in the future. Like we know what the things that we want. We're just Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of blurry lines and a lot of things that kind of interfere with that connection that we have. But she's like your future self, like, she wants the best for you. I mean, you mm-hmm. you need to believe that first of all, right? Like first we got to work on that, but also she's like, ask her things, like ask her things. And, and you'll, you'd be surprised at a lot of the answers, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. I feel like it's, we always kind of resort to our future self also just figuring things out. Like sometimes I have that in the back of my head. I'm like, future me will handle that. Like it's fine. But to actually consider what your future self would think or react to what's going on right now 
I feel like I rarely do that. I think I need to do that more. Yeah. I'm just, I kind of just like, you know, when it's, when it's in the, in the future, it's so, um, like distant from now. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, you know what problems like can fix themselves. Like it's just less agency towards yourself doing something right now. And that's not a great way to live because you can actively take steps to fix your problems, maybe not fully fix them, but just like do things that can help you now Mm -hmm. instead of being like, I'll do this later. Uh, I just want to like chill right now. And obviously we need times where we aren't so hard on ourselves to fix everything about ourselves because that's just not, not the way to go. Right. I always say like small steps before a big overhaul. Absolutely. I feel like baby steps are so underrated. I, I am a big, I changed a lot. I used to be, like I told you, I used to be a, like a sergeant. I was so unkind to myself. I was so hard on myself. I would just, I was just not it. <laughs> like I was just not nice to myself by any means. And now I really, I'm still working on that obviously, but yeah, same. I really now celebrate, I try to celebrate the little wins because honestly, like we only celebrate the big shit, but like the big shit happens, what once in a blue moon, like why aren't we imagine how much fuller our lives would feel if we took the time to, to make such a big deal out of the little, 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 little things. Like we did the big things. I feel like we'd be so much happier and so much more fulfilled. And, and that doesn't mean not working towards the big things. I'm, I'm really fucking driven and I love working almost to a, like, it's like a fault. Like I'm like, I, I try to stay as busy as possible so that I don't have to think about anything in my brain and that's not good, but I, yeah. I'm aware I'm aware of it. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to ask you about mindfulness because I was listening to your podcast about it and I actually loved your approach on it and like the actual tips that you gave about it because I'm not going to lie, when I hear mindfulness, I'm like- it's Meditation. I, I low-key roll my eyes and I'm like- I don't <laughs> If it's a podcast that I love and she has like a ho- uh, guest and it's like how to be mindful, I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear that because you're going to tell yeah. me to down with my app, with the British guy telling me, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to yeah. do that. But I loved that your conversation was very different to that. And so I would love to, I don't know, maybe like, can you give us like a few tips of how we can actually be more mindful? Yeah, for sure. I think that podcast episode also just spurred from me taking a course on mindfulness right now. It's my last course that I'm taking in grad school. And it's obviously, yeah, very cool because you probably heard this on my podcast, but the homework is like do a new meditation every week. Yeah, And I think, yeah, meditation is one of many possible ways because I know people get really turned off by meditation. And we get turned off because we're in such a fast society where like hustling is the norm Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a flex. Like if I'm busy, then like like, watch out, I'm busy, like I'm doing things with my life. So to be in that fast paced culture, somebody tells you to sit down for 10 minutes with your eyes closed, you're gonna be like, what? I'm wasting my time. Like I have things to do. I could be working out. I could be doing other things. So that's, I think, the turnoff many people get by it because they think they're wasting time. But I think I'm learning. I mean, I've dabbled in mindfulness and meditation before this class, but I really fell off of it. I didn't do it for at least a year. And I think that those 10 minutes daily or those five minutes daily, it makes you more present in your work 
in other parts of your day so that you're actually doing more. And it's not, the goal isn't to do more and be productive. I feel like that's so ingrained in our society too. Like do more, be more like all of these like productivity enhanced um, tips, but it pretty much benefits your life in so many more ways than whatever else you could do with those 10 minutes. But I totally understand if mindfulness isn't for you and like meditation isn't for you. And if that's not the first step you want to take, because it is a huge, like the hardest part of starting for sure. The hardest part of starting. And I love that this class is like forcing me to go back into it because it's also exposing me to different types of meditations. Right. The most basic one that we know is breathing mm-hmm. and focusing on your breath. But so I'm learning underrated. About, like, yeah, it's even if you're just like stressed out, just like take like five deep breaths and focus on your breath and you'll just like feel like stress leaving your body because you're just taking the second to focus on that. But yeah, I'm learning about like body scans, like relaxing, like all these different kinds that aren't as mainstream on social media. So you don't hear about them as much, but maybe a certain kind works better for you and what your needs are. Um, So yeah, those are just like different types of meditations that you can like look into, whatever. But if you actually want to be more mindful in your day without meditating, you can do other things. So a huge one is starting your mornings, like have at least like half an hour to an hour by yourself, quiet time. I, even if you're not a morning person, I think if you wake up like 20 minutes before like a work shift or something, you're not going to be having a mindful day or like a mindful start and it's going to spike up your cortisol and you're going to be really stressed. So, I don't, sorry, I don't know who, who I I think it was, I don't know what podcast I was listening to and they said... If I can control the first 30 minutes of my day, and if I can control the last 30 minutes of my day, I have so much more, I have the ability to control what happens in the middle so much more than if 100%. I didn't do that. And I, I love mornings, I'm, I'm, but that doesn't mean I wake up early. I don't wake up early. I wake yeah, up like 7, you don't have to. 7.30, yeah. right. But I think people have this misconception of like the morning routine, right? That we see fucking everywhere on TikTok where it's like, I would rather lay in the street than drink celery juice. I don't like celery juice. I don't like to wake up early. I like to wake up at like 7, 7.30, some days 8 and like, and I work later now. That just is what it is. Um, But I think people have this misconception that your morning routine has to look a certain way in order for it to be beneficial for you. For sure. The whole fucking point of a morning routine is for you to have time to do something you like before you step into your day. Yeah. I think that's it. But we get no. it so we complicate it so much online. There's no like formula for morning routine. It's really no. whatever works for you. Yeah. And yes, you can grab inspiration from, you know, these TikToks and different videos and whatever. Like, cause I think it takes some trial and error to be like what feels good in the morning, especially if you're used to jumping into your tasks right away. Because at the start, I was like, okay, what do I do with this half yeah. an hour, hour? Like, this is weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I like... Do I have an activity? Like, what am I doing? Yeah, like, what do I do? So yeah. um, just but just that quiet time and without your phone. So first hour of day. Like, so my tip for that, if you really struggle with it, don't charge your phone in your room. You need to charge it in a separate room because literally your motor reflexes grab your phone in the morning like it's just so ingrained even if you don't want to before you realize you're on your email you're on all these things but you know how bad it is I like I I know I have a problem because I can't even like if I can't see my phone I don't feel okay 
because I'm like, <laughs> someone's, my child. Gonna, someone's gonna steal it. But it's also like my life is on this fucking thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm like, if I can't see my phone, I I can't I won't be good. You'll so be that's a problem between me and God that I have to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I think also in the mornings, once you go on your phone the first time, it's like like a seal has been lifted and you're like, well, you know, everything's for grabs now. I can go on every single app, like whatever. But I find that not going on for the first like 30 to like, if you can't even do 30 minutes, like like 10 minutes, like 10 minutes without your phone. And then you can go on all you want after. So yeah, starting your mornings um, by yourself, no phone. That's a great mindful way to start your day. Um, other things you can do is eat with no distractions and that's, it helps in so many ways. So if one, you enjoy the food more because you're actually taking in like, what does this taste like? What does this, you know, smell like? And I'm so happy and proud that I made this gorgeous meal, like all of these things. And if you, I mean, I'm so prone to doing this though. Like I will work and eat. I'm like, I don't have time for this. Like, I don't have time to do. Really, really attacked right now. I'm not gonna lie. These are all things that I. Well, uh, this is good. Like, I know that I need to work on this shit because yeah, I I have awful anxiety, truly. But I also don't do anything. I haven't been helping my case. Like, I drink too much Mm -hmm. coffee. I'm on my phone all fucking day. I barely break to like. I like. I don't take breaks. I don't even give myself a lunch break. Like, it's like, why? What are you trying to prove? Like, what? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like when you are in that like go, go, go zone, like obviously it's something you're like super passionate about. So, you know, you're in the workflow and you're going, Yeah. but just from experience, like it can lead to burnout and then you have to take like a full two weeks off. And so it's like that balance, but yeah, the mindful eating thing, it's hard. It's hard to do it for every meal. So even if you can do it for one meal, like say it's like breakfast, like you're starting your morning already quiet. So why not just like don't even go on your phone, just like enjoy your meal. And again, people are probably turned off by this because it's like, like that's uncomfortable. Like, why do I want to eat my food and not do anything? And it's just like, well, that's what mindfulness is about. It's about being, getting more comfortable with that simple, quiet sort of way of living. And then in turn, that helps so many different parts of your mental health. So yeah, people um, people don't people don't like to be in silence. No, um, I as much as I'm hating on myself with all these things that I can fix, I also I don't miss a journal in the morning or at night. I mean, sometimes at night I don't always do it, but I like that is my like non-negotiable is that I wake up, I pray for a second, and then at some point in the morning before I start my day, I will sit and journal. Some days it, I have forty minutes to do that. Some days. I take 10 because I'm, I'm not in the mood, but I don't miss that because that is what, that's like me, my, 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 my me time, my silence time. I think it was very young. I've always loved journaling, but I think when I, sometimes when I speak about that with different people in my life and I present the idea to them in a way it's uncomfortable and they don't, they aren't receiving the information well, because I think some people don't want to be by themselves with their thoughts. No. They don't want to sit with themselves. It's scary. With and I'm, I, I, but that's even more of a reason to fucking do it exactly exactly and that's like my whole approach to mindfulness is like it's the thing that makes you uncomfortable but it's the thing that's gonna help you so like do the things that make you uncomfortable but yeah so morning routine mindful eating I think just like another approach like this kind of ties into what you're saying about journaling 
But a huge like facet of mindfulness is being very open and curious to experiences. So when you're feeling like shit and you're feeling negative emotions, anxiety, whatever it is, don't be closed off to the experience. Like don't distract yourself and, you know, just avoid that emotion because if you want a mindful approach to your emotions, you need to just accept that you're feeling that way. Yeah. You need to feel them. Yeah. You need to really, truly be okay with feeling them. But yeah, you want to be open to it. And like, you don't want to stew in the emotion for too long because eventually like emotions are temporary. So they run their course and it's people confuse accepting your emotions with accepting the situation you're in that's causing those emotions. And you don't want to just be like, ah, that's how life is. Like, it's going to be shit for me. You know, it's no wonder I'm so anxious. Like, it's just going to be that way. But a mindful approach would be like, okay, feel your emotions, accept them. But then after take some action to make sure that your situation's improved or to prevent it from happening again and prevent it from you feeling that way. So there's that action piece that a lot of people don't know about. And it's about like being open, but also taking steps to rewrite that narrative that is going on when you're anxious or depressed. Like we have those narratives that goes back into negative self-talk that it keeps us there. It like prevents us from going out and taking action. I love this because I feel like this is also tied into like identities where it's like I for so long, like I've of generalized anxiety disorder, right? And for me, for years, it was like, I almost like wanted that to be my identity. I was like, I'm yes. just like so anxious. Yes. I'm just like anxious. Listen, I am an anxious bitch and I will tell everyone, but I'm a million other things as well. So mm-hmm. now, yeah. like, yeah, I'll talk about it, but you see how I'm not making it this big deal? It's like, yeah, I'm anxious sometimes. I get really anxious. That's it. I'll, I'll deal with it in certain ways. Like, I'm also, I also have a million other feelings. Like I am not anxiety. Like I do have anxiety and I might feel anxious and I have it in me, but that's a part of You're not your feelings or, you know, your mental struggles. I I think a lot of the times we, I mean, fuck, I wish I could talk to you for seven hours because we could go (laughs) into identities for for so long and how Mm -hmm. we cling to some and, and it really does like dictate our life. I know our time is almost up, but I want to ask you one more thing. Yeah. I've been asking everybody at the end of our conversations and this can be about anything at all. I would love to know what is one thing, one lesson you've learned about yourself, maybe in the last few months, could be the last year, something that sticks out, maybe that you learned or that you were reminded of about yourself. Hmm, That's a good question. I feel like no one's ever asked me that before. The biggest lesson that comes to mind is I need to trust the timing of my life more and trust the process of how things unwind. I know that's kind of a cliche thing, but just what I was talking about before about how we always think there's like an age limit to achieve certain milestones in our life. It's so easy to then be really critical and hard on yourself another thing we were talking about and you know be like why didn't you achieve xyz yet and look at that person who's done so much with their life already and they're younger than you like all of these things but then in the end everyone's path is so different that it's like you can't it's like apples and oranges you cannot like i can't compare my journey to yours it just 
we're so different and there's so many different factors going on. We have different goals. We have different personalities. Like there's just, you just can't compare, but it's so easy with social media and seeing 10 second clips of people's lives. So I think just like putting that trust in the universe and whatever, just knowing and reminding myself that everything will work out and in your own time. Exactly. I love that. I can't, there's nothing I would add to that. That's, I love it so much. Um, and I loved this conversation. Like I want to like re-listen to this. Right I know now. <laughs> exactly what I needed. And I'm, I just wanted to quickly say also, like you're one of my favorite people to follow online because you're, it's like you have the, the ability, which is hard to do of sharing your life in such an aesthetic way while also making it so like not digestible, but like it doesn't feel unattainable to the point where it's like, I can't even relate. And that's like, I see. do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I think, and, and I think it's because you have this beautiful podcast where you do open up and you do share more. And so I think ha- like creating that vulnerability and also and showing people both sides, right? It's like, this is how yeah. my cutest fuck morning looks, but this is also <laughs> like the feeling that I was feeling this day that was really hard. And like, I'm just like, I, that's what I love online. And that's what I wish we had more of because then people would just realize like, it's not all what it looks like. And all of mm. these things can coexist at once. So sure. I to say, like, I love your podcast. I love like your messaging and I love this conversation so much. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like I, I forget that sometimes on Instagram, I'm, I feel like I'm the only one who's l- looking at my stuff. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I know of I have words, but I'm just like, of course, people don't see this. Like, no, this, you know, it doesn't no, mean anything. People see it. People yeah, so I like again, it's easy for us to be hard on ourselves, but I was so my point for, you know, having a podcast was because I'm just like not as comfortable with talking on stories and I and I want to get more into it because I think I I love seeing people on stories like I love when you have like girl chats or like story times or anything. Um so it's like something I'm trying to work more towards too, not that I'm like forcing myself or anything, yeah. but I do like you said, that balance of whatever aesthetic morning picks, but then here's what's going on right now. Here's like a shitty yeah. day I'm having. Yeah. So part of my, you know, motivation for the podcast was like, let's give people some more of my thoughts and like what's going on. It's like you're human. Exactly. Exactly. It's like way. nobody can live like no one's life is pretty 24 seven. Like after yeah. every recipe somebody makes that looks beautiful, there's a million dishes and so much yeah. of a mess and nobody yeah. sees that background stuff. Right. So it's definitely something I'm working on more to have that also on my Instagram and not just like on my podcast, Yeah, but it's freaking hard. No, I, I hear you, but just know that like you're, I mean, it, it, it's working. Like don't be so hard on yourself. Like it's working and it's also really fucking hard to have a podcast and to yeah. open up like, I, bro, I don't think, and listen, I love it and I love to do it. I know nobody's like holding a gun to my head telling me to do it, yeah. but, I love it. but I'm just saying it is so rewarding to be so open and to share so much, but it is hard as well. So it's, it's it like, kind of feels like the way like therapy sessions feel where you're like yeah. exhausted after an episode because you just oh, like yeah. spilled everything out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I'm like a super big fan of yours too. So I'm so glad to like yeah. be on this as well. I need to have you on mine for sure. Yes. Well we'll figure out a schedule. <laughs> the schedule has to happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll let you go. But thank you so much. And I'm truly like, oh 
this was exactly what I needed. So thank you. Same here. Thank you. So, you know when Cardi B said, I don't cook? I felt that. Okay, you know I don't cook. You know I don't like to get down in the kitchen. And that is where Factor comes in. That is where I introduce you to Factor if you haven't heard of them already. Factor creates delicious, ready-to-eat meals, all pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved. In other words, Factor is about to be my new best friend. Okay, so here's the 411. You have 35 different options every week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more. So if you have specific wants and needs and desires, they got you, okay? And you know what's music to my ears? The fact that I can heat up a restaurant quality meal and be ready to eat in two minutes. Okay, I also love this because I've been ordering way too much. I've been ordering out way too much. And let's be real, that adds up, you know? You can pick between 6 to 18 meals per week depending on, again, your wants and needs and desires. No prep, no mess. Everything is ready to heat and eat. And that is, again, music to my ears. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to factormeals.com slash unwinding50 and use code unwinding50 to get 50% off. Not us having a code. We love. Okay, so again, we're going to go to factormeals.com slash unwinding50 and enter code unwinding50 to get 50% off, which is amazing. So try it out. Tell me what you think. I personally don't enjoy cooking pretty much at all, but especially during the day, like especially lunch, because I'm just, I'm in a groove, okay? She's working, she's busy, she's focused, she has things to do. You know what I mean? Thank you so much, Factor, for sponsoring this episode. Let's get back into it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.